Hey everybody, it's producer Daniel here with The Dive Table. Just a quick heads up on a couple of things. We recorded a bunch of episodes before Nick abandoned, uh, I mean, uh, headed out to Malaysia. Uh, So there's a back and forth on a couple of things, topics including him sounding like he's in the States versus he's in Malaysia. So that's the back and forth. The other issue is uh, the minor uh, audio interference you'll hear, um, particularly in this episode and maybe one or two others when we were recording in the same room. There was a gremlin of sorts, couldn't figure it out, um, did my best to kind of suppress it, um, and we moved forward with it. So I do apologize for that. But in the meantime, on with the next episode. Welcome to The Dive Table. I'm Jay Gardner, and with me, as always, is the monster drink crushing today, Nick Hogle. Nick, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I got monster energy over here. Funny enough, though, I used to drink these a lot more. I've done the zero sugar one for a while now, but I stopped for a long time, and I know why I stopped, but these things at the end of the day just give me bad heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> You're pounding them today. I know, I know. Oh, I'm trying to, trying to keep up with the the wonderful topics and just fast ideas we got going oh, on here man. today. Yeah. I, I do. I go through phases with monster too, but they don't give me heartburn. I think it's more like, I don't like being a, addicted to something. Like I always thought it'd be cool to have a morning routine where you woke up and you had like your coffees made and all this stuff. And like, and then when I start to feel myself having dependence on anything, I'm like, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. I got to get this out of my life. So I go back and forth with the monster. Do you not get bad heartburn? No, I don't. Not At with all? Us. No, not really. In general? In general, Oh, you're no. so damn yeah. lucky. Yeah. Like, I, sometimes it kills me, man. It's all that battery acid you drink I know. as a child. Well, dude, I, it's something. I have no idea. And it's weird, too, because there's certain things I don't get, but heartburn is one of them. Like, I never get headaches, ever. I've never had a bad, the only time it will happen is if I'm really dehydrated, and usually, I hate to say it, it happens after, like, a day of drinking. Like, yeah, the next yeah. day, I'm like, ah, oh, my head slightly hurts. But, yeah, the lucky, lucky son of a gun over there. So today we wanted to tackle kind of a piggyback episode on our Mo Money, Mo Scuba episode, which was really talking about, you know, what does scuba cost and are you ever done spending money on scuba? And one of the things that came up in that episode was the idea of buying used gear or new gear. Where do you source your stuff? So on and so forth. And actually we got a lot of feedback on that, that they wanted, that people wanted to hear you know, our opinions on used gear versus new gear, like what stuff would we do? So I think our plan for this episode is really simple, straightforward. We're going to go through all of the, you know, basic gear, all of the stuff that you need to go on a dive. And Nick and I are going to comment and have our opinions and stories, I'm sure, around whether you'd buy that piece of gear used or whether you would have to buy that piece of gear new. So pretty straightforward episode, should be fun. Uh, No disclaimers on this one, other than we don't know. I I know I think some of your opinions on these and you don't know all (laughs) mine. So I think we're gonna learn a lot about each other in this moment, so let's see how it goes. You ready to jump into this one? Oh, let's dive right in. I feel like we should, we should somehow comment on this episode, the episode that dive shops hate. Yes. The episodes that dive shops don't want you to listen to. Uh, dive shops and dealers out there, like, um, well, no one sponsored us yet, so I guess we can get away with it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is an honest question for scuba divers, period. So if you are a dive shop or you are a, a real, realtor, no, a dealer, <laughs> a dealer out there, 
this is something maybe you're a realtor too yeah but if you're out there this is something that divers face and so you know hearing our opinions on it might inform you on how to have arguments against us and we welcome that so shoot us an email uh, we're up for the uh, for the discussion for sure a podcast for scuba divers everywhere take your seat at the dive table with your hosts nick hogel and jay gardner All right, well, let's get started on this. Let's start with the, the very basic fundamental piece of gear that you need to go in the water, the BCD, or in my world, the, the wing and the back plate or the side mount you know, kit, whatever you need. So let's start with the thing that you're going to inflate in order to manage buoyancy while you're under the water, BCD, wing, whatever you want to call it. Would you buy, need to buy this new or would you buy it used? What's your opinion? So I think all, almost probably everything that we go into is gonna have an either or for me, right? Um, I There is a part of me that I like shiny new things. I am always sold on the shiny new things, new out of the box to me. I always like, it's a peace of mind maybe, knowing that um, I was the first person to buy this, the first person to use this. Uh, and that might just be the consumer and, uh, you know, um, I can't think of the word right now, but I think capitalist? that's- No, nah, not the capitalist, but uh, the materialistic side there of me go, maybe yeah. there. Uh, just knowing, you know, um, just I like new things out of the box. Um, I think that depends. I think that really depends on the situation. I think like anything going in there, um, at the end of the day, I would prefer to buy new. I'm not going to lie to you. I would prefer to buy new, but depending on the history of that, I would have to know more. Like if you just presented something in front of me, I would obviously look it over and say, okay, is there a lot of wear and tear on this? There's this and that. Um, at the end of the day, if we're just going to pick one or the other, um, I would probably say I would rather buy that new but at the end of the day also i would buy that used it just depends because i have gotten used wings 100 percent um that have worked out really well for me Just yeah damn cats moving my microphone <laughs> yeah i mean uh, th yeah you're right maybe a good caveat to all of these is there's a it depends uh portion of it and yeah it depends on the condition of the gear and i think the assumption we're making and used is that the condition of the gear is is passable and we can talk about some ways to know whether or not that's true because you don't know on face you can't look at a wing for example and know oh yeah it's good yeah. or it's not right but i think the depends part too is on you know what the the cost savings might be and the history of the item like if you're buying something that's heavily used in commercial diving every day you know maybe that's some that's gonna make you pause so just for this episode i think it's good to put us in the mindset of like it's generally serviceable we'll put it that way and we'll talk about some ways that you can know whether or not that's true and then on top of that that you know we we can gather some of the history like one of the first questions i always ask if i'm talking about used gear is are you the first owner or what's the, what's the lineage of this piece of gear? Now, if I'm buying, you know, a snorkel, I could care less, but you know, like if I'm buying, do you want to buy a snorkel? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Which is why I care less. 
but yeah, so on to BCD. So for me, uh, I would totally buy this used. And the reason for that is, you know, a backplate's a backplate and they're made out of different materials. But for the most part, a stainless steel back backplate is like a Twinkie. You know, it's not going to. So we're talking whole wing setup or, or I'm sorry, BCD or are we talking BCD, wing, wing or wing? I'm sorry, wing or backplate. Sure. Wing, wing or let's separate them. So wing backplate, starting with backplate. Absolutely. Would buy yeah. That. I, I 100%. It's a, it's a piece of metal. It's a piece of metal. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you honestly, got that nice carbon fiber one, which I know you do. Yeah, I do. Which I've been eyeing. It was a gift. Um, it was a gift. But yeah, I mean, you know, the harness you can inspect, but you can get a brand new piece of webbing for 15 bucks. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not, it's not crazy. Did you buy I mean, used webbing? Yeah. I mean, I'd buy used webbing, but check the condition of it. Now, how do you check the condition of webbing? Well, is it fraying? You know, that's, that's a, a sign. If it's not fraying on the places that you can cut off, like the end of the, where the belt goes through the actual uh, belt buckle, you know, then maybe there's some issues there. Are there rips and tears? Is there, you know, any frail spots you can kind of run your fingers along them and feel if it's brittle or something like that. I mean, you're going to, you're going to be able to inspect that, but a piece of webbing is 15 bucks brand new. I'd buy used webbing. I'd probably, you know, inspect it unless it's completely atrocious, then it's probably serviceable. There's not much you need to do other than set your D rings where you want them and make sure that the width of everything is, is adjusted to you. So you got to do some adjustment to use gear period and set it up in the way that yeah. you use it. Now a wing for me is the same story. I'd buy that used with a caveat. The one caveat is I would want to do a, a check on that. How do you check a wing? Well, you ask the seller to inflate it and take a picture of the timestamp leave it inflated for, I think it's two hours or three hours. Check me on that. It's not all day. It's like the two or three hours and then come back and check it and take another picture that it's still inflated. That ensures there's not a leak yeah. in, in the wing itself. Right? So yeah, would I buy that used? Yeah. And then when I get it, I'm probably going to take right the inflator hose apart, check the seals on that, check the condition, clean it. I'm going to take the dump valve apart, check the condition of the spring, um, clean that, make sure everything's copacetic and clean in there. But usually a used wing, you know, is going to save you hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yes. And usually the wings, you know, the only thing really that can go wrong is either they can tear in the fabric on the outer fabric, which a tear in the fabric isn't even really that big of a deal unless it hits the bladder. Once it hits the bladder, there's a hole in the bladder. That inflation test is going to tell you a hundred percent. I mean, as long as, you know, it's an earnest test, uh, you know, and, and even then too, with the leak test, uh, it could be something as simple as an O-ring. So that's not even necessarily a game like ender right there. Like, Oh, it leaks. No, you know, cause it, it if the bladder is still in good condition, it might be something with a little tiny O-ring that, couple dollars to replace and there you go there's a perfectly good wing because uh, i actually received a someone gave it to me for free one of my good come-ups but i it's like a older halcyon wing uh which i think i even let you lent or i lent lent to you yeah it's mine now. yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but i someone literally just gave that to me because they're like man this thing's been sitting in my garage uh, I probably wouldn't have bought it. I'll be honest with you. Cause I wasn't in the market for one, but he's like, just take it. And I was like, 
free scuba gear i'm not gonna you know um and yeah i just went and uh i just replaced a couple things on it and i literally just inflated it one day and put it somewhere and i think i came back like a couple days later it was still completely inflated so i'm like good to go (laughs) (laughs) um so i i do agree it's it's just there's always uh there's always you know the not what ifs but just like okay there's certain things i'm like yeah i'd prefer new at the end of the day probably i'd always prefer something new but yeah i think i would side with buying a used wing but looking at it and you know inspecting it to the best of your ability and then maybe even even going somewhere and having it professionally inspected so well i think maybe it's good too we're now 13 minutes into the episode maybe we should say a couple of things here one is by no means do nick and i endorse you doing service on your gear without proper training. So please, if you're going to service your own gear, get the training that you need. We both have got that training and we feel comfortable working on a lot of different pieces of our gear, but there are things that are outside of my scope. There are things that are outside of Nick's scope. And when that happens, we send it away, right? We send it away to somebody. So please don't think, you know, oh yeah, I just buy it new and service it myself and everything's going to be fine. No, you need to train to make sure that that servicing is working. Because I think the, the, the overarching thing and maybe the second piece to start with before we jump through the rest of the list here is, Yes, this is considered life support gear. So if you have a wing failure, that can cause a cascade of problems, uh, especially if you have not trained for a wing failure or a BCD failure. So yes, there is an aspect, and I think that there is a, a belief system out there that says, look, this is all life support gear. There's no way I would ever buy something used. And I've heard people say that, like, oh, I'm going to always buy it new because I don't know, you know, where that gear's been or if it's serviced well or anything like that. My only thing to that is if that's where you're at, totally understand it. And there's nothing wrong with that philosophy. I think what Nick and I are, where we are is at least in our experience that there are things that you can buy used that are save you some money or that, you know, maybe lets you try some things that you wouldn't try out otherwise, but we've put the training behind knowing what that gear is and how to service it. And we know where our limits are. And so when we need to bring it in someplace to a shop or to a dealer to service it, we're going to do that. So this is not an endorsement of like, just go (laughs) on the internet and buy whatever you want and like go for it. More or less, it's like, here's our opinions and experiences in buying these things used or not used and what we did when we did buy them used and how we would approach that situation. So that might be some good caveat to lay out before we get too deep into this episode. Well, and also I kind of wanted to elaborate a little bit more on what you were just saying. Uh, Cause I know I fell into this, I don't want to say trap, but there are, and, and you heard me say it earlier, oh, this is the episode that dive shops don't want you to listen to even some organizations. At the end of the day, it is a business, right? So certain things are a business. I'm not saying what we do is a business. I'm not, you know, categorizing any, you know, either way. Uh, there are There is this belief that I feel is pushed when you're first getting into it, especially if you go to a shop and you're taking a class there, it's like, oh, buy new, don't buy used. Like I, I felt that there was a time when, and maybe it wasn't directly pushed to me, but it was like, you're getting into this, buy new. And I completely agreed with it. I'm like, oh, I'm going underwater. This is, you know, life or death situations. I don't want to buy something used. So I did have that belief. So for a long time, I didn't buy anything used. I was like, no, there's no way I'm buying something used. I want it new. And then 
then I learned more about certain things. And this is maybe why this episode is, is good because I felt that there was a little bit of a, a thing taught to me like, Oh, buy new, buy new because you know, you, this is life support systems. Um, so I want to say it is okay to buy things used. Absolutely. It's okay to buy things used, but do your homework, do your research. Don't just go buy that BCD that's been sitting in somebody's garage for 14 years in Texas heat and expect that thing to work well. You know, it's not going to, but that BCD that someone's had for three years, they took an open water class and then it's been sitting in their closet in a controlled environment, probably completely fine. Maybe it just needs an overhaul. So there's always different situations that you're going to run into. Um, but I do just want to endorse that it, at the end of the day, it is okay to buy used, but or just don't follow that belief that everything has to be bought new because yeah. that was kind of pushed on me and I, I want people, and that might have not, let me rephrase that. It might not have been pushed on me. It might've been just a, a mindset that I had going into it. Yeah, that's really fair. And and I think too, when you get into the used market, as we stay in this kind of overview piece, that you need to know what you're looking at. So it's not just like search on Facebook marketplace regulator and, and buy the first one that looks like a good deal. Like, what are you looking at? You know, yeah. what are you actually looking at? What do you want? Have you any experience with that style, with that brand, with that company? I mean, you got to know what you're looking for. I think when you're in the used market, because there is a lot of junk as well that's out there that isn't whether it's new or used is still not good equipment, right? In, in some ways. So I think that's one of the things I bring into a used search is I know what I'm looking for. So for example, if I'm looking for aluminum 80s sometimes, right? Uh, we'll get to tanks later, but I'm looking for either Catalinas or Luxfors. Why? They don't make Luxfors anymore. So they're now excess scuba, I believe. And so I want to get my hands on those. So I like the buoyancy characteristics of the Luxfors for both back-mounted doubles and I like them for deco bottles um, or stage bottles. And I really like the Catalinas, which you can get new for side mount. They have, a, I think, a little bit better buoyancy characteristics in, in terms of the shift or the swing uh, between you know negative and positive on the Catalina bottles. So I know I'm looking for a brand. I'm also know I'm looking at the year of manufacture. I'm also looking at the the all that I asked to see the top of the bottle, a picture of the top of the bottle, so I can actually read the manufacturing, the actual last hydro or the original hydro date, the born on date, all this stuff. So I know what I'm looking at and I know what I'm looking for. And that's an important piece of, of buying anything used, right? If you so like buying a car used, if you don't know what you're looking for, you search car and then okay, here's a car, you know, like, like that's not going to work. So informing yourself, not only on how things are serviced, how a BCD, for example, works and what needs to be serviced or what is serviceable versus also informing yourself on what type of gear, what manufacturer, why you want that piece of gear is going to age you a lot in the used market. So these were, we probably should have started the episode with all this stuff, but we jumped right into yeah. BCD. So hey, it's fun. there we go. Uh, so I actually didn't know that uh, Luxford, are they just out of business or they get bought out? They were bought, well, they're out of the scuba cylinder. They're not out of everything else, but out of the scuba cylinder, from what I understand, um, were purchased by excess scuba. Oh, okay. Um, so they're now under the excess scuba. Um, they can no longer buy a Luxford. Uh, I mean, you can, I think I found a couple of them new from a dive shop here or there on the internet, but I, you can't, 
buy them off of Lux for there's no de- Lux for dealers and they're now excess scuba dealers. And I don't know if they're the same bottles from what I saw. They had a little bit different buoyancy characteristics between the excess scuba one and the Lux for one. So I'm not 100% sure on how exactly that tra- that manufacturing or that uh, transaction occurred. But that was from my limited research, what I what I found recently on Luxfer and X. So if you're out there from Luxfer or XS Scuba and you want to correct us or come on the show, <laughs> uh, you're more than welcome. I could be completely talking out of turn here, but that's what I found, at least what I understood. I do like Luxfer. I I think most of my tanks are actually Luxfer. I have four, and I think I believe they're all Luxfer. But cool. All right, I did not know that. Good good information. All right, well there we go. So BCD wing backplate. We we said for you BCD wing backplate. You prefer new but willing to buy used. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll buy used all day long. As long as it's what I want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, as long as it's what I want, then I'll buy it used. All right, let's move on to the next one. Dun, dun, dun. Maybe this is the big <laughs> one uh, that, that people really have debates over sometimes, which is computer. Would you buy your computer Oh, used? I 100% would buy a used computer, but condition obviously i but i 100% would buy a used computer i'd almost recommend most people to go buy a used computer it's going to save you a ton of money unless the person selling it knows what they have and but i I, i've seen really good deals on used computers that being said though do your research you're probably going to hear me say this a hundred times during the course of this episode uh because i i used to work in a dive shop i have seen people Literally, this one individual was like, man, I got a really good deal on eBay, which is funny because I like don't really know many people that buy stuff on eBay anymore. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I still do. Occasionally, I'll go on there, but I, I don't know personally. Um, he's like, I bought this computer on eBay. I got a really good deal on it. They didn't even make the computer anymore. It was completely outdated. Uh, and I, I had to be the one to break it to him. Like, there's nothing, we can't even service this. There's nothing that you can do. Um, and he just didn't do the, I don't know what the person did, but literally, um, I think it was from like the early 90s. He paid like, he's like, I got a good deal, like 60 or 80 bucks for it. And I'm like, you didn't, yeah. You, and that's not even on top of shipping. Um, but I feel like a computer is a good, you know, it, 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 if it's well taken care of, Obviously, if I see a computer and it's got big gouges in it, I'm probably not going to purchase it. But most of the time, the the thing with a lot of stuff in scuba is you will get people that will go out and buy stuff and they use it three or four times and then it just sits in their closet. And at that point, that's a perfectly piece of good equipment. It just hasn't been utilized, you know. So um, it, I would I would say yes, completely. I would buy a computer used um, as long as it passes certain checklists or checks for me. Is it functioning? Looks fine. Uh, you know. Can you still service it? Yeah, yeah. Can you still service it? Uh, but I would say yes. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, yeah. computer. I mean, I, I use my computer probably differently than most. I mean, I use it mostly in gauge mode. So I use it as a bottom timer and a depth gauge. So for me, it doesn't really matter what I have on me. Uh, as long as it can do those two things with accuracy, I'm happy, which most every computer can do. Uh, man, a watch could do at the yeah. same time, right? If it had a depth finder on it. So uh, for me, you know, computer is something that, I think you definitely can get used and will be just fine. I mean, right now in this current market, you know, I think I told the story in the last episode about, you know, or in one of the episodes about, you know, I bought my Shearwater 
Tarek were both in the Shearwater Club with computers. And I bought it because out of ignorance, really, because I, you know, asked which one's the best because it's the thing that controls the dive, is what I was told. They said that one. And I said, okay. And I bought that one. And now I'm kind of like, I like it. It's great. It's a great piece of, of gear, but I use it in gauge mode and I spent all this money on it. And all these Perdixes are coming on the market, used market right now because the new Perdix came out from Shearwater. And I'm like, man, I'd be willing to, because I just want a little bit bigger screen to see. It is um, nice. You know, I like the bigger screen. It's not necessarily has a better function for me or better algorithms or whatever. It's just I like the larger screen for my eyes. And um, so I'm like, man, I'd be willing to trade my my Tarek for a Perdix, and, which is a lot of money bath, I guess, for me. But at the same time, like, that's how I feel about computers. Like, yeah, whatever. Like they're just bottom timers because I'm, I can do all that in my head or I'm trained to do it all in my head. So computer. Yeah. Totally comfortable buying used as long as it's serviceable, which almost all computers are serviceable unless you get that random eBay computer. Yeah, you're describing. Well, I mean, it's, you know, and because the, the, this day and age technology is outdated so quickly that, you know, you could have a computer that's five years old. That's not serviceable anymore. I don't know that for a fact, but I mean, it happens, you know, like uh, there's probably computers out there that are more than five years old that are trash. But when it first came out, it was the new hot thing, you know. So um, that's the problem that we run into with technology these days. Um, and there's always going to be some, you know, shiny new knob or something that they're going to put on the newer, you know. Oh, this is like, I, I don't even know. Do you know the differences between the, the Perdix 1 and 2, the new one? There's a little bit better screen i think uh i think that there's a little bit i think they changed the function of the buttons or something i don't remember exactly all the changes yeah, and usually they weren't groundbreaking in my mind yeah and it, i mean it's literally like going from an iphone 8 to an iphone 9 yeah not maybe many like differences. I 8 to 10 or yeah something like yeah that, right? there's not many differences but you know enough to where oh we added another another camera on the back or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so and that's another thing too is you know, considering, I don't know what the prices are at this point, but I guess it's kind of fair to bring up in this episode is, you know, since they did come out with the new Perdix 2, those Perdix 1s, there might be great deals on them out oh, there right now. Deals. Yeah, like you can go buy them brand new for a lot cheaper. I don't know. I haven't researched the prices. Or like you were saying, people just want to get rid of their new ones and, and or I'm sorry, the, their old Perdix 1s just to get the 2, so they're just willing to let it go for whatever they can get. Yeah, 400 so, bucks, 500 bucks. Yeah, right and which is a scream, you know, of a deal. So that that's another thing too to look at. Just because it's an older model doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Yep. So something to think about as well as in your purchasing. Yep, and it depends too on how you use it. So if your computer does control your dive um, in your own way, you know your your decompression portion of it, then yeah, that's a massive consideration in terms of which algorithms are being used and and what whether or not you can adjust for different gas mixes and so on and so forth. So it, again, it depends on what you use the equipment for. For me, I use it as a bottom timer. I'll buy it used all day long. If I was, you know, controlling a rebreather and maybe I'd consider buying that new, you know, I don't know. Uh -huh. So it depends on how you're using the piece of gear and all of these questions but especially when it comes to things like technology, that, that becomes a really important consideration because like you said, it does change quickly and it can have you know impact on your dive if it's something that you're relying on to, to tell you what to do during the dive. So 
good good considerations around a computer for sure man we've only got through two of these so far <laughs> i i thought this would be like a wham bam episode just go go through real quick but no this is going well, there's right, always a lot of consideration there is there is we're always considering all sides and we of the like coin. to talk a lot too it's true <laughs> All right, well, let's get into exposure suits. So let's start with a uh, wetsuit. Would you buy a used wetsuit? No, I would never <laughs> buy a used wetsuit. I would always buy new. And I know some of you out there are probably thinking of the P factor. Not even necessarily that. Uh, it's just used wetsuits over time, they're, they're going to compress and they're not going to be as good as if you buy them new. Like if you have a, a seven mil wetsuit that has a hundred dives on it and then a seven mil brand new wetsuit, it's going to be very different. Like it's not going to keep you as warm. Uh, basically you're just using it to me at that point for, um, ex, uh, environments looks and, yeah, environmental, uh, just, you know, it's not necessarily going to keep you warm, but it'll keep you from getting a cut or something like that. Um, but for me, wetsuit and plus I don't want something people have pissed <laughs> it's just facts, you know, people pissing it. Like, I think you've heard me say like a, a used, used, uh, wetsuit to me is like buying a used mattress. You just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'd buy it used. I mean, I, you can soak it just fine to clean it. And again, it depends on the condition of it, but, uh, I would have no problem. I, I very rarely these days dive a wetsuit. Um, and if I do, I only dive a three mil. So it's only warm water diving. So I, I don't have a lot of need for wetsuits in this moment, I, except for the pool. So I use the wetsuit when I go in the pool. Um, that's just a better, for me, it keeps me warm while I'm in the pool. But yeah, I think a wetsuit, yeah, I think there is wear and tear on the zipper especially in any sort of movement point or any type of friction. So in the armpits and the knees and the hips, those areas, there's going to be, you know, wear and tear on that neoprene. And so, you know, they can be uncomfortable. One, two, they can lack in doing their job, which ultimately is exposure protection and, and warmth. And three, they could wear out a lot faster. So the extra hundred bucks that you save, actually cost you more because you got to buy another one, you know, in six months rather than the average you buy, you know, one a year or one every couple of years, something like that. So, but in terms of whether or not a wetsuit can be used, uh, or not, I'd, I'd be fine with a used one. What about boots? I'd say the same for me goes with boots, um, gloves, those sorts of things when it comes to wetsuit diving. Um, hoods. Uh, yeah, I, no problem. I don't, I think for me, boots too is always going to be a new thing. Cause I, I, to me, obviously, they're shoes, 100%, and I would never buy a used pair of shoes ever, so I'm, I'm categorizing them in the same you know, thing. Uh, and, and granted, there are a lot of people that go and buy new shoes, or I'm sorry, used shoes, because they like you know whatever, but just for me, I'm just like, I, I don't know what it is. I just have never bought a used pair of shoes. I don't think I ever would, so I would probably put boots in the same, in the same category. You just gotta get that magic bowling alley spray. <laughs> <laughs> know what that is but it's just free everything with that and then you feel better and and it's like you're bowling yeah and honestly too with boots um 
I haven't had a pair of boots that have been able to last a very long time. So buying them used, I think they would just go that much quicker. I have had one pair that lasted me for very long and, and I'm actually going to go out and purchase that pair again. I don't know if they still make it, but I'll, I'll stick with the brand just because I, I thought I was like, man, these boots lasted me for a long time. They're still together. Uh, literally the only reason why I threw them away was because they, after like four years of using them, probably like over 500 dives, they were starting to tear and just I wasn't taking care of them and um, I was just like I just need to throw these things away so I was like I need to go buy those boots again I always think in boots too that there's at least in some of the places we dive there's also rock protection in terms of walking to the yeah, to the yeah. water so I, I was really happy I think I had a pair of Akona boots that were pretty rugged and I liked those a lot um, I bought also a pair of Poseidons because they were really cool yeah they look uh, like they chucks they look like chucks but man, those things, you step on a rock, it's like, oh, oh yeah. man. That's honestly the only reason why I've never bought those. Cause I do, I wear chucks, love chucks. And I was like, man, a scuba boot that looks like a chuck, I'm all for it. Uh, but I do like a hard sole on my scuba boot. So that's just my personal preference. I know some people don't like that, but for me in general, that's why um, hopefully Poseidon will make uh, that boot. What is it? I can't remember what it's called. Um, HK1, I think. Yeah, I was like, hopefully they'll make those and uh, make a hard sole on them because they are pretty soft more rugged yeah sorry Poseidon well, I have a pair of yours I think they're styling but I usually only wear them on the boat because if I like I said I very rarely am diving a wetsuit but I did I got the joke that you know um, wetsuit diving is savage diving so <laughs> I went back to being a savage uh, recently when uh, we were diving off of the local charter here just because I you know everyone was diving a wetsuit I'm like that's fine we're not going deep we're not doing anything crazy like if everyone else mill. jumped off a bridge would you I did <laughs> I, everyone else jumped off the boat and I did too uh, so there you go did let, they back roll <laughs> let, let, no no jump let, let's talk about non-savage diving you know more gentlemanly or gentlewoman diving which is dry suit diving so would you buy a dry suit used how about dry suit undergarments how about dry suit gloves um dry suit yes actually my first dry suit purchase was used uh, i got a screaming deal to the point where i was like i'm being ripped off there's something there's gonna be something wrong with this um but i remember the the dry suit that i had at the time i looked it up i think it retailed over two thousand dollars brand new uh, i picked it up for i believe it was it was right around five hundred dollars and i was like something something's off something's you know break. and uh kind of a cool little story behind it was i uh I picked it up outside of Houston, actually at the Neutral Buoyancy Laboratory. Ooh. And really cool, because uh, when I picked it up, you know, at one, I always say, look at your surroundings on where you're picking something up. Um, and I, I was kind of, you know, thrown back being uh, kind of a newer diver at the time. I was like, man, the Neutral Buoyancy Laboratory, this is where they train astronauts to, to go into space, yada, yada, yada. Um, and the guy gave me a tour of the place, another really cool thing, <sighs> just to be able to see that. and. I mean, literally the biggest pull I've ever seen. I was just like, man, I wish we can conduct our training here. I just want to get in there and for like an hour. Um, but no, I I got a really good deal. And it was one of those situations where, I mean, granted, the guy's like, oh, I used it 10 times. Um, I never really buy into that because obviously you're selling something. You're like, yeah, I never used it, even though I, you might have used it 100 times. Uh He's like, yeah, I took, I bought it, used it for a class. It's been sitting in my closet ever since. I just need to get rid of it. Bought it, 
was very skeptical, you know, like, okay, I, I literally came home, put the thing on and then inflated it and walked around just like a, a big man for like 10 minutes just because I was like, okay, let me Steve see. Yeah, man, and sure. it was no issues and no, literally, uh, I had no issues with that. I should have gotten it serviced, but I kind of fell into the trap, at, you know, at the end of every winter season, I started busting the warm water stuff out and would put that into the closet and ah, I'll just get it, you know, serviced next year until to the, got to the point where it just started leaking because it was older and I needed to replace the seals on it. And, um, yeah, it was actually, I, I, I would, yes, 100% buy it used, but same thing you know, do your research, look at it, you know, don't just buy used suit with tears in it and, um, thinking that you're going to fix it. And, and you probably can, but literally mine was good right out of, you know, the, the trunk you could call it because it, it, uh, I was able to use it and it was a nice wetsuit. Um, I'm sorry, dry suit. So yes, I would 100% buy used dry suit, uh, undergarments, I don't know because I, I think I would categorize that as underwear and I don't know if I'd ever buy used underwear. So I don't necessarily, I mean, I know it's not underwear, but I think of it as long underwear at the same time. So it's, you know, so that's why I'm, eh, I'd probably just buy those new, you know. Yeah, no. Dry suit's funny for me because that's probably the one on this list that I would say I wouldn't buy used. And the reason for that is just they're off the shelf. You can get an approximate fit. But they're really to dial in a dry suit, you you should go with a custom fit, a custom made one. And that's yours. And they'll last for a very long time, you know, if, if you take care of them, like you're saying. But a used dry suit, to me, you know, it's such a critical piece of your dive gear. And this sounds so hypocritical in some ways, because for some, so is a computer, for some, so is a BCD. But for me, that dry suit's, you know, making sure that you don't flood and have issues and you know everything else so there's a dependency for me on my diving on that dry suit so for me i don't know i i maybe if i knew the person like for example if you were selling your current dry suit i might consider it because i know that that brand fits me off the shelf and i know you and i know how you've cared for it right so that might be a consideration but just off the internet someone's used dry suit you know, even if you can replace the seals and everything like that, there's wear and tear in those things. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I would buy that used. I think that might be the one thing that I go, no, I'm going to buy hundred percent new. And I, and I feel the same way as you with undergarments. I've looked at some used undergarments, especially some of like the heating vests oh, and things yeah. like that. A heating vests might be slightly different because that, I don't know if I could categorize that as underwear. Yeah. It's just weird because, like I said, if I think of it as underwear, there's no way in hell I'm buying it. Right. Used. It's used mattress right up there with a used mattress. But yeah. <laughs> a heating vest is a little bit different, you know, so. Yeah, I go back. I'm on the fence there, yeah. too, because in some, you're right. In some ways, like, it depends on your mindset. But in other ways, for me, you know, if you need a heating vest, and, and the need is the real key word there. Like if you're doing some, some cool diving in Antarctica or something like that and you need that piece, I mean, being cold is really, you know, can be a big problem under the water. And it's not even, you know, there's psychological effects for sure, but there's physiological effects and those effects, you know, carry down to your decompression. And so if, if you're in need of one, you know, for me, again, that kind of goes back to something I'd probably buy new. But 
function over passion. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And that's weird I, now that we're going through this list that I feel that way about my dry suit, but I do. I mean, I think I, my dry uh, suit's really So important. going back to the dry suit that I purchased, uh, the used one, um, I almost do believe the individual that I bought it from because granted, I when I first bought, I bought it because it, was, it wasn't it was for uh, recreational diving. I was working in the water, so I had to dive year round. I was working for a dock company, so I had to be in the water quite a bit. I needed a dry suit to be able to stay, stay warmer during the working months of the winter time. And uh, after... I think I was like, even after five dives, I could tell that I'd put more wear on the dry suit than when I got it. So I, I almost believe the individual that they probably only used it a few times. And, um, and it, yeah, it was, it was a phenomenal dry suit. And, uh, I actually handed it down cause I purchased a new one and handed it down to, uh, producer Daniel. So we all know where he stands with used or new dry suits. So. If it's free, he'll go <laughs> yeah, for it. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody gave you a free used dry suit. Oh, I take it. Sure, yeah. <laughs> sure. Whether I use it, yeah. I, I mean, I'd go through it with a fine tooth comb, but we'll see. But yeah. All right, good. So there's exposure suits. Um, what about fins? I would, I would go used as well. I, I think I would prefer new, but um, the only reason why I say that is because um, I have bought a used uh so i got a really good deal on marketplace one time so i was looking for uh fins that i could just use in the pool um i'm, I'm odd like that i have my pool stuff and then i have my my open water stuff um, which i think a lot of people are that way too some people are not so no you know i'm not trying to harp on anybody but um, so I was just looking for a pair of fins that I just wanted to use in the pool, but I didn't want to buy something new. I was like, there's no need for me to buy something new that I'm just going to use in the pool. And I ended up getting a really good deal on fins that I still use to this day in the pool. Uh, and so I think that I would buy those used. Um, and it depends on the fin as well. But also, I only go for a certain type of fin like one thing i always joke around about is you know we kind of talked about it with you know every new uh the the newer model that's coming out what bells and whistles did they add to it and i usually tell people that the more money you spend in scuba the more bells and whistles things come with and i don't necessarily think that's always a good thing the new bells and or the bells and whistles that it comes with and um i do think that there are um, in my opinion, a lot of fins out there that they're trying to reinvent the wheel and it doesn't need to be reinvented. Um, so I think that there's some older fins that are really good or uh, they're just solid. They're built tough, so they're going to last a long time. And usually you can tell by looking at the fin how much wear and tear it has. So um, I think I would be okay with buying used fins just because I have and it's worked out for me. Yeah, man, we could do a whole episode on fins because I, I agree with you. There's a a marketplace full of widgets and la 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 with fins. And most of them are antithetical to what you're actually trying to achieve in the water, which is streamlined propulsion that's efficient, right? In a lot of ways. But that being said, the used and, and non-used, I dive mostly my jet fins. I use Scuba Pro jet fins. 
I've used them for a very long time. There are iterations of that from different manufacturers. So, you know, I think OMS has the slips, the slip streams that they have and their turtle fins and different ones that are out there. The two basic designs for me are either the, the jet fin or the rocket fin. The rocket's a little bit smaller in terms of its overall footprint, um, maybe a little stiffer here and there. To me, those things are also like Twinkies. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna last forever and because they're a big piece of rubber and that's all it really is. Straps do wear out over time. So the spring straps that you use can wear out. So you can either buy those new and replace, you know, them for, I think it's like 40 bucks or something like that. Um, if you got an old pair of jets or something like that, but fins to me, I think are, you know, a hundred percent used. There should just be a, a bin in every dive shop of used fins that new open water divers can come and grab fins out of and uh, try a bunch of different styles. For me, you know, the stuff that I'm doing requires a much broader side to the outside of the fin because that's going to help in precision control of your uh, propulsion. So especially when you're talking about, you know, modified back kicks or back kicks or helicopter turns, those sorts of things, you're using the outside of the fin as the actual force or, or surface that you're trying to push water against in order to create a opposite reaction. So with that being said, that broader side of the fin, for me, those two sides, you know, the jets and the rockets are the best ones out there for that. In, in my diving so far, I think the RK3s I'm interested in as well. Those are designed around the rocket fins as well. So to me, yeah, fins, man, buy those things used. Try a bunch of different fin styles. Dial in your propulsion in terms of what you're going to be doing. If you're just, you know, bicycle kick or flutter kicking your way through it, you know, the, there are fins that will make that easier. My argument there would be it's a very inefficient way to get through the water and there's some better and easier ways to, to get through the water like a frog kick to learn that um, will make will make the fin choice very different for you. But I, I hear a lot of divers, especially um, divers that are newer, really struggle with their fins and struggle with you know trying to find the perfect fin. And to me, it, it comes down to technique first. So what techniques are you going to use and employ for propulsion? And then the fins should match the techniques that you're going to use. So like I said, if you're using things like a helicopter turn or back kick or shuffle kicks, these sorts of things, then something like a jet fin or a rocket fin or RK3s are going to be your best bet. If your bicycle kick, you know, through flutter kick through, through life and that's good for you, um, then there are other fins that might make that easier. If you've got injuries and things like that, people will take those into consideration. But ultimately I think fins are, are for the most part in the used category for me, but it just comes down to technique and usage rather than widgets and bells and whistles when it comes to fins. Sorry, I was getting a little preachy there for a second. Uh, but yeah. I felt like I was in church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fins are one of those things that just yeah. drives me nuts when someone's like, Oh, it's just because my fins won't let me do that. No, 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 no. Your technique is not there yet. The fins may not be helping you yeah. for sure, but it's not the fins fault. It's the technique fault. Start there and then you'll figure out the fins that you need. And I think that that's a, a leap that a lot of people make. It's like, because I put on a pair of jet fins doesn't mean I have a magic back kick. You know, like it doesn't. So you still have to have the technique, the, you know, the, the muscle control, um, the repetition in order to have that skill 
But if I'm wearing a pair of flippy floppies, um, you know, or split fins, <laughs> uh, actually split fins wouldn't really hurt a back kick in some ways. It depends on the sidewall, but um, it's it's going to it's going to make that kick a lot less efficient when I use it. It's not going to make it that I can't do it. And yeah. so that's that's the. I don't know. I have a little preachy thing around fins because I hear it so often, and I'm, and I'm always like, oh no, you're not. You're missing the point here. I've actually never tried a. Actually, I don't know if I have tried a jet fin. Um, I I've wanted to, and I was actually. So the reason why, and this is kind of me going off on my own little story right now, so I apologize. But I uh, I wanted the OMS slipstreams for a while. I was looking at them because I, uh, I I'm an RK3 fan. I have those. I think. Apex makes an, uh, they're an, they make an amazing, they make amazing products. I'm really a big fan of the stuff that they make. Um, I've had the RK3s for the longest time. And for the longest time, I was like, this is the only fin for me to the point where even in the shop that I was working at, they weren't an Apex dealer. But, you know, I would, I just told them, I was like, that's the one piece of equipment that I won't get rid of. This is the while I'll convert everything else, but I'm keeping my own fins. Um, and I tried the slipstreams. I just couldn't get them to fit well. Uh, it just wasn't, I was like the, I think it was like the large was too small and the extra large was too big. I was just right in that in between size. Um, so I ended up going with the dive right XTs, which is a completely different model than, than the rockets or the, the jet fins. And I'll be honest, I'm completely sold on those fins. I think that they're really good. I think they're uh, amazing fins. They're a lot lighter. I don't generally like the heavier fins. I like them a little bit lighter and dive right XTs are pretty light. Um, and, and then even I know another one that's very popular, uh, which I didn't really like, but I know a lot of people like them are like the Hollis bat bat style bat wing i can't oh, yeah, remember F1s what they call and... the, the yeah they're the f1s they're just these giant like heavy super heavy and i know a lot of people when they get into cold water diving they like the heavier fins um i, don't, I never felt that need for it um so i i did try those out and i just kind of wasn't a fan that's me in per me not anybody else i'm not trying to knock on that whole you know, fin as in general, because I know people that love those fins and that's all they want to dive. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, go and find out what works for you. I, I wish in, and it's almost kind of a hard one. I wish that uh, in the beginning, that there was like, oh, let me try these five different fins and see what works for me. But at the same time, when you give too many options at the very beginning of, someone's journey whether you call it you might actually mess them up even more you have to let them get used to a certain style and then figure out where they want to go because if there's too many options then they'll never really know um but yeah rk3s completely sold on those fins love them uh dive right xts completely love those too i'm a huge fan of those and um and and there's another fin that i was thinking of trying um but that might just be purposes of just trying them but not necessarily gonna want to purchase them all right so fins used but know what you're looking for yeah. from a yeah. from a technique perspective what about mask uh, I would say new for me just because I think, and it depends on how old the mask is also. If the, if the mask has 500 dives in it, 400, 100, 200 dives, I think that um, I would say new just because if it's a, if it's a used mask that neoprene is going to wear over time, 
it neoprene? No, silicone, right? Yeah, silicone. Uh, or, or, or rubber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think it's just going to, it's going to, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of wear and tear over the time. It can kind of shape to a person's face over time. So um, I, I would say new doesn't mean I wouldn't use a used mask, <laughs> um, but uh, if it were me purchasing, it would just have to be very, um, like I would really have to know the history before I would just buy it. But, and you've heard us talk about this, like, in reality, I probably don't need to buy another mask for 20 years because I have so many. But um, I, there, there will like there's always something else there that I want, don't really need. But we've spoke about that on previous podcasts. So yeah, mask for me. If you're starting out brand new, yeah, used, you're not going to know what you're looking for. And masks do have different fitment. So you like we both have beards, and so there is a consideration of how your mask fits over. The mustache portion of your beard because it's leak and a leaky mask is just something if you, I think if you're gonna have a beard like get used to it but at the same time you know a leaky mask because it doesn't fit well is a problem that you can solve really easily that is a technical problem right I mean or I'm sorry not a technical problem but an equipment problem so if you're just starting out like a mask is something that you're probably going to want to go into a dive shop and that's a real value add for the dive shop to try them on to make sure that the mask fits. Although I think even in that process, there's a little bit of, you know, maybe it fits, you know, like there's not a hundred percent confirmation, but once you know what masks you're looking for, I mean, a mask is a mask in, in the long run, you can buy that same mask used uh, or yeah. a similar model. It would be just fine. I mean, uh, yeah, there can be some wear and tear in the silicone uh, and they can tear. I've seen them tear. Uh, I haven't had that happen. I think it'd be pretty hard forced to tear that silicone. But yeah, I think a mask you can buy used and it'd be fine if you know that mask fits your face. Yeah. And if you know, you know, that that uh, doesn't pr present problems around leaking for you, then yeah, go for it. But starting out, figuring out like just buying a mask off the shelf because it says scuba mask probably is not going to fit your face very well, probably going to create leakage. And if you're just brand new to diving, that leak is going to drive you nuts. Oh, it could be a game ender for and, some people. Uh, yeah. And that's so it's good. So I think mask overall for me is probably if I'm buying a model of mask that I haven't used before, the answer is probably going to be new because I want to go try it on in the shop, figure it out, so on and so forth. So mask would be new. Um, what about snorkel? <laughs> Are you in the used uh, snorkel market? Uh, well, I mean, same thing. I have a few snorkels already, um, but I don't know. Um, I mean... I would probably just, I would say maybe I would be okay used just because I know I could disinfect the hell out of it. Um, but even then, I, I, I generally, I'll be honest, unless I'm, uh, and just this is just because the org organization that I teach for requires me to wear a snorkel. Um, I never wear a snorkel. I never want to wear a snorkel. <laughs> You've been fired. Um, You've been found out. Yeah, yeah, no. And, and <laughs> do you, I know, wear, but do you put I'm, the pocket snorkel in no, to be in compliance? I, uh, well, no, you have to wear one. So oh, I you don't, have to have it on your yeah, mask. Yeah, you have to have oh. it on your mask while you're teaching. Whenever I'm fun diving, I never, ever, ever bring my snorkel with me. That being said, I always tell people whenever I'm going on a trip, I do always bring my snorkel 100% of the time just because 
Snorkeling is free. I could be hanging out on the beach. I can go bring my mask and just snorkel around. No, no scuba equipment. My girlfriend does not scuba dive, so sometimes we just go out to the beach and hang out and sit, um, and I'll just go snorkel around. Uh, there was a place that we stayed in Mexico uh, where they had this, uh, it was really nice, El Presidente in Cozumel, um, and they had this big, like, roped-off area where uh, you, if you had your solo cert, you can go and dive, but most people would just snorkel, and it was really cool. I, you know, um, I do not condone this to anybody out there. This is just me in particular, but I, I don't, you know, I don't have a problem having a couple beers and going snorkeling. You know, I will not do that scuba diving. I've never done it, never will. Um, that's a whole nother thing, but you know, if I'm kicking back and swimming and hanging out on the beach, I'll drink a couple beers and, and go and snorkel around. And, and I'm not telling anybody else to go do that. This is just me. Um, and I had a lot of fun doing. I saw a stingray. It was super cool. You know, I was like, man, this is really awesome. So I always bring my snorkel with me on any type of trip that I'm going on because usually if there's good scuba diving, there's gonna be some good uh, there's gonna be some good snorkeling. That being said, yeah, if I took a trip to the Great Lakes, then no, there's gonna be no snorkeling there. But the type of diving that I like to do, I will go out tropical environments and snorkeling's a lot of fun. There you go. Yeah, you doesn't matter to me. Um, I don't use it very often. There are some use cases in scuba for a snorkel. And I heard uh, there's some organization, I think it was RAID. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to double check that. That is now teaching as part of their open water skills is the remove and replace snorkel. So once you actually descend, you remove your snorkel and stow it for the dive. And then you replace it when you're back on the surface, which I thought was an interesting addition. Um, but yeah, during the dive, it's just a floppy. Oh, mess I in absolutely face. hate it. Um, you want to hear a funny snorkel story is, uh, so when I first, um, got certified, uh, you know, you're in these tropical environments. Well, this is what I was taught anyways. My, my instructor was like, um, you know, you always do on the boat or whatnot. You always make sure your regulator's working right before you jump in the water. Uh, one of the, you know, the, the basic, uh, safety checks, buddy checks, whatever you want to call it at the beginning of the dive, you're just kind of going through these certain procedures, make sure everything's working. But one thing he always said, he's like, before you put your mouth on the regulator, make sure you look inside of the regulator to make sure there's nothing in there because there has been stories of people going to put the regulator in and there's like a bug or something in there and then they inhale it. Um, And so I, I heard this story and I am out there, I'm in a tropical environment, no lie. Uh, we're about to go uh, snorkeling and I go and grab my snorkel and no lie, I see these like just two little whiskers sticking out of the mouthpiece of the snorkel. And I, I kid you not, there was like a two inch cockroach in oh. that thing. And I mean, could you imagine if I would have put that in my mouth before checking it? Oh. So after that, I always 100% look and I, I think that's a key piece of advice for anybody um, because a lot of times when you're in these tropical environments they'll be like oh we'll stow away the gear for you we have a place that we put it you know you put it in a basket um, and you go in there and um, I've seen centipedes in wetsuits like like tropical centipedes not these little tiny things that you see around here but these things that are like four inches long that if they get you they're just crawling through the wetsuit oh. you know like 
Um, and but no, yeah, this cockroach and no lie, like dunked that thing in a sanitation bucket for like 20 minutes. Yeah, that's gross. That's but disgusting. Always check that mouthpiece before you uh, use it, especially in those tropical environments. Life lessons from nature. I know. No, it's, it's believe me. I guarantee you. Next time you go to a tropical place and you're looking at that mouth, you're just gonna be like, Yeah, I'm gonna check it from now on. Bring a vat of acid. That's yeah. <laughs> in my save it yeah. kit now. Is yeah. cockroach repellent so for my gear. Little little sanitizer. How do you break there. down your gear? Well, I rinse it and then I spray it with cockroach <laughs> repellent. <laughs> no, I've seen. I've actually. I don't know if this has happened to you here. Um, it happened to me at the very beginning, but. Um, I don't even know how or when it got or how it got in there, but uh, I jumped in the water. This was at Windy Point. I jumped in the water and this guy, I don't even know if he was diving with me. He's like, he's like, hey, you got a, you got like a bug on your back and just came by and like, sw- I thought he was joking and he swatted it off and it was a big old scorpion wow. um, just because I don't know, they crawled in there and, and you don't see it it's tucked away somewhere and then when you get in the water it obviously tries to oh my float gosh. away but be careful for that though too i could definitely i know that that's happened here for sure there's like a dive uh diving halloween episode things that can end up in your dry suit oh yeah believe me um didn't weren't they didn't they even tell us to check for that in mexico like yeah i think they did yeah they said just because things. those yeah those tro- like literally dude i've seen like a four inch long centipede, like those tropical centipedes. Like if I would have put that wetsuit on and it was under there, dude, I would have been pay- just the other day. Uh, uh, we were sleeping back. I got bit by a scorpion in bed. You know, I mean, it's just, they're everywhere around here. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They use, do you use the black light to see him? No, that's a cool <laughs> trick here. I learned. Yeah. You have a black, have a black light flashlight. <laughs> just check. It, it is kind of creepy when it you is. do that. You're, You're like, like, Whoa, I couldn't see him until that black lights on Man, yeah. Where else oh, are they? I know that's yeah. But those things are, around you know certain things you have to watch out for all right well let, let's hit the next portion of this because i think this is a this is going to be a an interesting conversation but what about regulators so first stages second stages we'll get to hoses and spgs and stuff in a minute um personally at the end of the day if the option was there i most likely would want to go new uh that being said though if I know the history, I know things, you know, I know the person that bought, like I'd really have to know a lot about that regulator uh, before I bought it used. Um, that being said, if it's like, cause you can tell if it's a newer regulator, it's not gonna have a lot of wear and tear in it. You can go get it serviced and it's gonna be completely fine and functioning. But the problem there sometimes is there might be something that can't be serviced on it and that's why that regular was out of commission and now you got just basically ripped off um because that is to me that's one of the most important pieces of scuba it literally allows you to breathe underwater so you want peace of mind on knowing that thing is okay um so that being said that's why i'm i'm I, from the very beginning, uh, I always tell people like when I say, Oh, if you're going to start anywhere and buying scuba equipment, this is where I suggest to go. Uh, because I, I, I've seen rental regulators just shit the bed. I've seen it, so many issues with rental regulators because people don't take care of them. Just things happen. You don't know what's going on with it. You don't know everything behind it. Whereas if it's your regulator, you know, everything, you know, when you dropped it, you know, when you serviced it, you know the last time that it's been 
dove been diving whatever um and so i'm at the end of the day like i would lean more towards new but there is a a, a fine line at 10 percent of me that would say okay well give me the history on this regulator right. like would i buy a used regulator off of you knowing you yeah probably no problem because i know you're not going to try to rip me off you have to be on a podcast with me. <laughs> um even more reason know, to rip right? you off you make a good um, episode jay rip me off yeah. <laughs> um would i buy a used regulator off of marketplace to be honest i probably would just say no because of the fact that unless i came across something where i was like holy cow that is a screaming deal like let me go check that out you know but at the end of the day i would probably say new but like i said there is that that fine line that 10 percent, that slight alleyway on the side that i would consider looking into um so yeah but at the end of the day i would probably lean towards new yeah this one's definitely a psychological one for me because regulators these days are pretty hardy pieces of equipment i mean they're they're built to last they're built to take a pretty big you know beating and, and keep going and most of them are all built from the same manufacturer or same same plant not the same manufacturer because the manufacturer is different but they're all essentially the same for the most part i mean maybe some different you know especially when it comes to second stages all of them are basically the same oh, yeah. I mean, so even a lot of first stages. what what you're buying is not necessarily you're buying kind of a name and you're buying peace of mind what's interesting though is i would probably agree with you that i would prefer to buy my regs new except for recently i ended up buying a harness that came with two sets of regs and spgs the whole deal that i wasn't expecting so it was like part of the deal and it was a ridiculously good price i mean either one of those things was worth the price that i paid for so one of them was basically buy one get one free or in the case of the regulars it was buy a buy the harness get two regs and setups and hoses and everything else free yeah uh, so i i took it i didn't say no but i have to say you know the first thing i did was i took it to i, I researched can it be serviced i actually got on the horn or on, on the horn <laughs> how old am i <laughs> i called on the phone which could have been an email um but i called on the phone i got a hold of the manufacturer original manufacturer i called them on the phone i said here are the serial numbers can you tell me you know what these are and when they were manufactured they said oh actually let me get you in touch with a service technician the technician said, hey, can you send me some pictures of everything? Send them pictures. They told me what they were. I asked for what are the service kits for these particular regs, and they told me. And I took all that information down to a local uh, dealer who can service those regs and said, here's all the information. Uh, I'd like to get these serviced. I haven't got them back yet, so we'll see if they pass muster. But, um, but I am. There is a psychological, like, I don't know hundred percent the history of these i know what i've been told yeah going through them and servicing them is probably a the first obvious step but also you know there is a little bit of like until i get in the water and dive them 10 times i'll probably have that in the back of my mind which means i'm going to dive with a with a stage bottle or with a deco bottle just in case right for those dives because i want to make sure hey if one of these goes bad on my doubles I've got something else to stick in my mouth to get me to the surface or get me out to the exit just in case. So it's interesting. There's a psychological thing. I'm sure they're fine. I'm yeah, sure they're yeah. going to be great. But well, peace of mind. I mean, 
is a huge thing, you know, and uh, no, same thing. Like when I first bought that dry suit used the first five to 10 times I went out, I literally went out like something is going to happen. This is going to be where the problem shows itself. And it took me a little bit to get over that uh, fact. But even then, maybe that's just kind of my mentality. Um, even with my new dry suit, I'm like, okay, what's, you know, I, I, yeah, that was probably the most expensive piece of equipment I ever bought. And, um, I don't know if I'm necessarily happy with it, but that's yeah. another, that's another, it's a whole different, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but no, yeah. Podcast. Peace of mind is uh, the mentality aspect is huge and I'm sure they'll be completely fine. Like that deal you got screaming deal, because even if you, if everything worked out and it was fine, you could sell one of those pieces of equipment, one of the two and make your money back. I know. So that's, that's what crazy. I mean. That's why it's like, if a screaming deal comes along, you're almost dumb to pass it up, yeah. you know, because, but that being said, there might be like, okay, why is this deal so good right. there? You know, it's too good to be true type of thing. Well, um, I talked to the guy for you know, a few days before yeah. and, and just back and forth. What kind of diving are you into? Yeah. You know, what are you doing now? It's not like, Oh, uh, my buddy left these in the back of the truck. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That's a different story. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, this guy was a, was an instructor over, you know, was, was military, so on and so forth. So, I mean, I, I felt like I had a good background knowledge that, that there's some trust there. But at the same time, you know, I don't know. And there is this maybe false trust we put in the brand new product that like it's been factory tested. And so therefore, you know, it's factory approved to work. Hey, new stuff can go bad just like old stuff. But, uh, but I think the, the step here is that peace of mind is worth something. When it comes to like hoses and SPGs, uh, for me, rubber, I use rubber hoses. Like I'd buy rubber hoses used. I got no problem there. No problem with used SPGs. I mean, you can get those calibrated relatively cheap or calibrate them yourself. Um, that's not as long as you have the, the IP, um, or I don't, not the IP, I forget the, the calibration tool you need for there. But I mean, I'd buy those news transmitters. I go back and forth. Like I wouldn't buy an older transmitter because there were issues with some of them. Yeah. Like I would buy a newer model used possibly i think me personally that's going to be a new yeah that's going to be a new uh personally because that that's kind of a peace of mind thing for me too as well um but i i think that that being said there's always that that gray area where yeah if you know i know you just bought a transmitter within the last six months to a year if you were like hey i want to sell this i'd probably be like well what do you sell you know you know that's different because i know you facebook marketplace i don't know i don't know if i would i think it would just be a, it all depends on the scenario but i would probably lean more towards new well if i was going to buy that used i would probably ask for the serial number if I was buying it just randomly on the internet, yeah. you know, and then I'd probably check with the manufacturer and say, Hey, when was the manufacturer date on this? Is this still serviceable? Are there any known issues yeah. with this model that you guys have addressed and how have you addressed them? I mean, you know, I probably because you can't open a transmitter up and see, yeah. you know, like, you, you know, everything can wing. be great, but it's been dropped from 10 feet in the air and you won't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like a wing, you can pop off, you yeah. know, you check the physically see the bladder, right? Like, uh, you know, 
you can't you can open up a, a first stage or a second stage and see you know the insides transmitter you can't really do that with and so there's this like hesitation of of you know the the voodoo magic that's happening inside of the transmitter that like if something's off there but again what's the worst that could happen well i guess one on the dive you know you got to thumb the dive because you lose comms but two is you're, you're out you're out the bucks that you spent on it because it it malfunctioned because of you know maluse yeah. or something like that so yeah i don't know that that's probably in the new category for me as well but I don't think there's anything wrong with a used transmitter. It's probably just I can't physically verify it. Yeah. And so it would be a little bit more of a leap of faith. That would be one of those things. The first, like I said, the first five dives might be waiting for something to go wrong. And then dive six, this thing's fine. Nothing. There's no issues with it. I got a great deal. All right, cool. Well, let's wrap this one up with, with a big chunk of things, which we'll just chunk all of this into one because I don't think we want two episodes to go into this. So, <laughs> so what about tools? So when I say tools, I mean things like primary lights, secondary lights, SMBs, cutting devices, reels, scooters, compasses, those sorts uh, of things. I, I don't know much about scooters, but most of that I'd probably lump into the used category. I think I would be completely fine buying a lot of that used uh, that that's how I feel. Yeah, me too. I think, you know, lights, maybe your primary light is one that you'd, you'd have a second thought on, but for the most part, the things that can go wrong in a light are really the battery yeah. and the seal. And so you can inspect those things. You can change if the, you know, if it's leaking a bit, usually it's because there's dirt or a bad seal. You can change that very easily yourself or get it serviced. Um, SMBs, yeah, why not? I mean, unless it has a hole in it, <laughs> you know, or lift bags, real same thing. I mean, you know, scooters, yeah, batteries can go bad or control devices. So you want to test it out, but no big deal. Um, compass, camera, those sorts of things. Yeah, there's no reason to buy those things brand new if you get the one that you want used and you know the story behind it and so on and so forth. So tools, I think, can be can be used. Obviously, don't go buy tools that have holes or rust or, you know, uh, aren't functioning and go, oh, yeah, I got it used, so it's a good deal. Well, it's not functional, so it's, it's no funny, longer useful. It's uh, funny because when you say when you first said tools, I, I thought you actually meant like you know tools that you would go work out on your garage oh, with. Oh yeah, and I was like, yeah, always used. Yeah, always used. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I have a tendency sometimes to buy newer tools just because I think I like that. Like I like the new tool thing. I don't know why. Not not scuba tools, regular tools. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Hand tools and things. Um, but most things. Man, I, I saw on the other day there was a toolbox. People sell like their whole toolbox. So it's like oh, a huge yeah. rolling toolbox full of tools. Who knows what you're going to get? In. You could get great deals, uh, amazing deals. People doing just done with it. I'm getting out of the industry. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll buy used tools all day long. But we're talking out of scuba. Now. Yeah, yeah, hey, scuba. Well, you need some yeah, physical yeah. tools in the shop to work on your scuba gear, so those can be bought used to. Or Harbor Freight, man, you can go down oh, to Harbor dude, Freight. Yeah, there you go. Harbor Freight, I, you know, I love Harbor Freight is because most tools that I buy from there, um, it's basically for a one-time use, right? That's how I feel about Harbor Freight. Like I need to use this one or two times and then be done with it. So that's one of those things that if I get five to 10 uses out of it, I've completely got my money's worth. <laughs> so, and I've literally have had things from Harbor Freight that have lasted me years. I've had things that have lasted me two times, right. but I know what I'm getting into when I'm going into it. Uh, Cause I am, I am a huge, like a uh, proper tool for the proper job, 
good tools will go along having the proper tool that good tool it might cost you a little bit more money but it could make things so much easier so i that, I'm, I'm a huge fan of good tools all right well i think we covered all of the different gear uh here oh maybe we forgot one which is like travel bags and regulator oh, bags ah, and stuff probably used and and i'm weird with the travel bags in general um i i have and it's funny too sitting in this very room i have a big old scuba bag um, i'm not a big fan of those as much anymore i kind of just fell into oh i want a scuba duffel bag but now i think you're just promoting hey there's a bunch of ex exactly. expensive equipment here i want my bag to look like every other bag when i'm traveling yeah, me too. Um, so generally, it's it's. I'll be honest. It's probably something I just wouldn't buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's ex-office. I have some reg bags. I like. I like the bigger bags that like regulator bags. Well, yeah, but that's going within your yeah. yeah and I think that's different because you're yeah. I, I am a fan of regulator bags. I, I thought you were when you're speaking no, of bags like bags. the bigs. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I would buy used, comfortable. Yeah. There is kind of a, a peace of mind in knowing that. So this uh, I have a bag um it's like a big mesh bag and uh it has a lifetime warranty on it so if i've literally returned it to the store like three times and gotten a new one because something tore on it which you know what does that say about the bag if it's tearing three yeah. times but the fact that i can go in and grab a brand new one is kind of a nice thing to have yeah so that like i wouldn't have been able to achieve that if i bought it used yeah yeah, and I think that's one consideration to think about too that we didn't mention yet is as we get all the way to the end of this is your warranty, yeah, yeah. right? So if, if warranties are really important to you, then likely buying used is not going to give you the carry through. The warranties usually don't transfer. Some some do, um, but you want to check that too yeah. if that's important to you. Um, well, cool. All right, I think we covered everything I can think of. I'm sure our listeners will let us know that we forgot so to talk about. I got one about. more. I don't know if you brought it up. Um, Cause I know, and this might be surprising, but we didn't talk about tanks, did we? Oh, we didn't talk about we tanks. We didn't talk about it tanks. Was on, it's on the list, I just skipped it. Okay. So, um, and this is, this, this is probably one of the ones that the dive shops will do not want to hear. Um, personally, I will never buy a new tank. I will always only buy used tanks. Uh, that being said, I've worked with a lot of tanks. I've, I have experience with scuba tanks, so I feel I know my way around a scuba tank. Not all scuba tanks, but the it, like I just probably would never buy a new tank. I've never bought a new tank. Um, a valve, very different story, and I would even be comfortable buying it used, no problem. Um, but I just kind of look at it sometimes. When I was working at the shop, I got really good deals, so it's it's like why not just buy it new? Because at the end of the day, I'm probably spending like fifteen or twenty more dollars because I got such a good deal. Um, but yeah, tanks. Um, always buy used. That being said, I know what I'm looking at though. Don't, you know, don't just go out there and buy used tanks because there are tanks out there that if you buy, you will not be able, you, it, you'll have a hard time getting them serviced. Yeah. Um, certain, certain alloys, certain ages, certain things like that. Uh, but tanks, I would go in. I, I don't think I could ever see myself purchasing a used, or I'm sorry, a new tank. Yeah. We're, we're relatively in the same boat here. I mean, I, 
I also know my way around tanks for the most part. And I forget the, the year cutoff, but there's a cutoff for the alloy 80, 81 or something 88, like that. 88. And that's not that's all it. tanks. That's not all tanks because there's some tanks. Certain alloy. Yeah, but generally, that's a little free piece of advice. If you see a tank that's older than 80, an aluminum tank that's older than 88, 1988, generally just stay away from that tank. In my opinion, there are some brands out there that you'd be completely fine with. Um, if it's a steel tank, very different scenario. I've literally seen steel tanks from the seventies come in past inspection. They're completely fine. Granted, I don't know if I would, I mean, if it was a solid deal, yeah, I'd probably take that tank just cause you know, if it passes inspection and you can get, you know, five years out of that tank, you'll why not? You'll make yeah. your money back. Um, but yeah, generally just try to stay away. And even like the 89s are kind of pushing it. Um, 89, but I have no problem buying a tank like 1990 and on. Yeah. Well, the thing about tanks that's nice is that, you know, not because someone told you, but because it's printed, yeah. it's, it's not even printed, it's stamped into the metal. So as long as you know what you're looking at, the whole story's right there. I mean, yeah. the, you, you, I mean, everything from, I mean, I guess the only thing that's not there is the last visual inspection. If the sticker's, you know, off there or something like that, but even that, the viz is probably the last, you know, worry that you have, what you're really looking at is when was it manufactured and by who, what was the alloy that was used, which it tells you right yeah, there, right there on, stamped on the tank, on the tank. You can do your research on that alloy. And like Nick's saying, you know, there was an aluminum alloy used, you know, prior and 88 and prior that, um, had, found out to have some defects in it that caused problems with those aluminum tanks. And so, you know, because it's a, a Department of Transportation DOT um, stamp, or not DOT stamp, a DOT a number that tells you what that tank was made of, right? And what alloy was used. So the, all the information's right there. So if you know what you're looking at in the tank, then yeah, I mean, you know, if you can get a deal buying it used, buy them used. I mean, I bought a pair of steel 100s um, that this guy was getting rid of. I think you sent me the deal, actually. And, that was a good deal. Uh, <laughs> it was a really good deal. I've gotten some really good deals lately. And uh, and I went out there and looked at them and, and did my little visit inspection on them. And, and he had some tank uh, handles that he put on them. You know, like, you know, screwed yeah. in, popped those off. And sure enough, there's a layer of corrosion, but it's just salt. Um, a little you know, surface rust. Surface rust. Got knocked that off real easy, and they hadn't been hydroed in ten years, something like that. Took them, got them hydroed, passed, no problem. But those tanks in specific used a certain type of steel. They're they're the um, and their test pressure was at fifty two fifty, or fifty two twenty five, I think. So they're a lower test pressure for hydrostatic testing. All of it's printed right there, and they're the PST, I think, tanks. I forget exactly. Yeah. Manufactured, and I think in Japan, so it's a thinner steel. So I took all of that information to the, the people that were gonna do the hydro for me, and said, look, these need to test at this pressure. It's printed right here, stamped in, and here's this type of tank and the manufacturer. So if you're not familiar with them, please familiarize yourself before you do the hydro and vis on these. And they did, and they came back and passed hydro just fine. And I got a pair of doubles for 300 bucks. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, no, especially steel. Hundreds. Yeah, steel tanks, that's a, that's a, that's a steal. <laughs> it's a steal. Yeah. So tanks to me, you know, new used, it really depends on the price, but you need to know what you're looking at and 
you know, a lot of times people steer away from used tanks because there's, you know, they're, they're a painted tank and they have scratches or something like that. I mean, so much of that is surface. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, go take a visual inspection class. It, I mean, it'll tell you exactly what the standards are. And you can look at a tank, any tank, and go, yeah, I know that this tank is just fine. Or, hey, there's possibly some issues with this tank. And, you know, not, you, know you might save yourself, you might spend whatever, a couple hundred bucks on the course and save yourself hundreds of dollars, you know, thousands of dollars moving forward if you're going to buy a bunch of tanks. Yeah. So goes back and forth again to usage. If you're just going to buy two aluminum 80s and that's, you know, where you're going to go and that, that's, that's, that's what you need, you know, there's no reason to, to go take a course on you know, yeah. visual oh, inspection yeah. and uh, tank servicing. I mean, it's good stuff to know, you know if anything. Good. But uh, you can buy it new and yeah. give yourself that peace of mind. I, um... So that's probably in the, in the used tank market. I um, personally, if say you had an older tank, like so say you had that those tanks and they haven't been hydroed in 10 years, that's only two times um, uh, United States standards. Um, and then to our international listeners, uh, if the tanks are made somewhere else, it might not say DOT on them, it might say yeah, something else. Yeah, there's uh, TC, which is Canada, and then... I think it's, I'm not quite sure what the... I know England is different. European, I think European is... Or European, uh, I should say. I don't remember. Um, For all you international, I know you're out there, I see you. Uh, But uh, that's one thing to me when buying a used tank, I almost, in a weird way, like to see that the tank hasn't been hydroed in a long time because every time you hydro a tank, if you know they expand the tank and then it comes back, it always ends up being a little bit bigger slightly bigger than before you hydroed it so it's actually not good to hydro a tank a thousand times um it's just gonna wear and tear over time um so it's kind of nice when i see like i i bought a tank literally i think the the it was in like the mid 90s it was I think it was like a 92 or 93 uh, person in the area. They were an instructor back in the day. This was in the Austin area and uh, bought it off of him. Great deal. And he literally was like, yeah, I bought this new at the shop. This thing's just been sitting in my garage. I just need to get rid of it. Never had it hydroed. I think he had it visually inspected back in like 93 or whatever. I'm like, dude, this is like this is going to be an amazing tank. Opened it up like still had air in it. I was like, dude, this thing is solid um i can't remember who i think i ended up selling it i can't remember but it it got a great deal on it and um i just overhauled the valve on it and it's a perfectly working tank um and it'll be completely fine um that being said about tanks i just want to bring up one last thing before we move forward uh they're at the at at shops they're always going to push for you to buy new i get that they're businesses they want you to buy new um there is this rumor that I have heard going around. I don't know how far this rumor goes around, um, depending on where you're listening, that people will tell you, oh, they won't service anything 15 years or older. Uh, I have heard that rumor go around, and I think someone might have even said 20 years or older, they won't service it. That is absolutely not true okay so just be weary people when you walk in like oh and they're you know you're talking about a used tank they're gonna obviously push you to buy new um but that is absolutely not true if it's more than 20 years old 
it can be serviced still. It can be hydroed still. Even tanks that are older than 88, those certain alloys, you can have those pass inspection. It has to go through a certain type of hydro, but those tanks can, it's a little bit more of a process. The problem you might run into is that certain shops won't fill it because those tanks have been known to explode. I understand that that's completely the shop's right not to fill that. But at the same time, if you just stay away from that alloy, you're most likely going to be good. So just, just be weary of, of your research and process of whatever you're going to take to buy a used tank. But I think that I would only ever buy a used tank. I don't think I would ever buy new. All right. With that, I think we'll wrap this one up. So I think the, the general takeaway from this episode used versus new is hey inform yourself if you're going to buy a used piece of equipment inform yourself about that piece of equipment inform yourself about what's serviceable what's not inform yourself about whether or not it can even be serviced at this point and what you're going to use it for and so on and so forth so i think there's perfectly good used gear out there there's no reason to stay away from used gear I think it's just a matter of how much knowledge you can gain in that purchasing process so that you make sure that you do buy a piece of gear that's going to be safe for your diving and is going to last you years and years and years as long as you take care of it. I mean, that's the, that's the goal with all the gear that we get. I think that's the moral. Would you, would you say that's the moral of the story here? That is wonderful moral right there <laughs> <laughs> and this goes along with used mattresses oh, and Lord. used cats and everything else do your research <laughs> uh, no. uh, all right well we hope you enjoyed this episode if you did uh, you can reach us at www.thedivetable.com where there's lots of things you can do. reach out to us say howdy you can send us a voicemail you can shoot us an email um, you can even leave a review. I think uh, Apple Podcasts is the best place to leave a review. So if you're going to do that, go ahead and do that on Apple if you listen to our podcast on Apple. Beyond that, any parting words, Nick? Do your research. Do your research. You sound like my my uh, <laughs> college professor. Your research is shoddy here. Go back and do it again. I think again. that's the first time I've ever been compared to a college professor. There you go. <laughs> It's a, it's a banner day for you, my friend. It's a banner day for you. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode. And we hope to see you back on the next episode of The Dive Table. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.